thanks very much for listening. Well, now I know that I don't have to talk about the state, so I can erase all those remarks from what I was going to say. So I think what I'm going to focus, and I absolutely agree with Andrew, that the problem of states pensions. It's a uh, gigantic problem, and it's going to burden taxpayers for uh, years to come. But uh, since he's covered this so adequately, I'm going to move on to multi-employer plans. As you know, there are many different kind of pension, private pension plans. There's single employer, where one employer has a pension plan for all his workers. And there's multi-employer pension plans. Uh, which are created and sponsored by unions, and then there's multiple employer pension plans, which are uh, one employer with several different subsidiaries. Multi-employer plans are created and sponsored by unions to generate retirement income for employees of different companies, and these plans are in the most financial difficulty of any of the private pension plans. What these plans do is they allow workers to take their pension rights with them as they move to another participating company. They also facilitate consolidation of union pension contributions into larger investment pools. Although these plans were created with the best of intentions, multi-employer pension plans generally have far lower levels of funding than do plans sponsored by other employers for their non-union employees. The disparity in funding is evident in the Labor Department data right back to 2006, the latest year for which complete reporting was available. Since the 2008 stock market crash, the disparity has no doubt uh, broadened. While a pension plan may not, doesn't have to be fully funded in order to be stable, Congress, through the Pension Protection Act of 2006, considers funds with less than 80% of needed assets to be in what's called endangered status. And those with less than 65% are in critical status. Among all large plans, those with 100 or more employees, only 17% of union negotiated plans were fully funded in 2006, compared to 35% of non-union plans. You can look on the Department of Labor website, you get lists of plans that are in critical condition, that are in endangered condition, that have filed for wearer status, in other words, that have filed to stop uh, improving their conditions under the Pension Protection Act of 2006. Plans in critical condition include the Central States Teamsters Plan, which has about 48% of the assets needed to fund its obligations, the Service Employees International Union, which has 65%, and the sheet metal workers, which has 39%. So the question is, uh, what are we going to do? What is Congress proposing to do? And there are a couple of bills around that actually propose to fix this with uh, government taxpayer money. And I'd like to argue that this is a mistake, that this should not happen. Right now, these plans are estimated by Moody's to be about 168 billion in the red. So uh, Senator Casey has a bill called the Create Jobs and Save Benefits Act of 2010, uh, which would bail out these pension plans. And under this bill, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation would, at the request of different plans, have authority to take over the plan, take over the pension obligation of, the, of employers who've withdrawn from the plans. And 
once the PBGC had that obligation, it would keep paying the workers on the plan until the last retiree or designated survivor dies. Since many multi-employer plans are in so much difficulty, this legislation would dramatically increase the federal deficit, putting even more pressure on the American taxpayer and on the economy. Depending on what happens in the future, it could add billions to government spending. Uh, bumping up future deficits. There's another bill in the House uh, sponsored by Congressman Pomeroy and <coughs> Congressman Tiberi, and that includes, as well as provisions for single employer, which I'm not going to go over right now, the multi-employer plans uh, suggest a fifth fund, it's known as the fifth fund, under the auspices of the PDGC, and that would be used specifically to rescue multi-employer plans. The fifth fund would, and I quote, would be used to, quote, protect the reasonable benefit expectations of plan participants and beneficiaries to encourage the continuation and maintenance of voluntary private plans for the benefit of their participants while maintaining premiums at the lowest level consistent with that objective. Note the emphasis on keeping contributions to the fund low. That's to permit active union members to get bigger pay raises and not to have to contribute more towards the premiums as is required under the Pension Protection Act of 2006. The bill states that whereas the US government is not responsible for the obligations of the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, which is funded, as you all know, through contributions through employers, the government is directly liable for the obligations of this fifth fund. The bill sets no upper limit to the Treasury's exposure. That means that the underfunded, union-controlled pension obligations would be shifted directly to the taxpayers, basically another entitlement program. The bill would also loosen accounting standards, which would uh, allow plans to spread recent financial losses over 10 years, and in some cases, 30 years. This would make plans appear to be in better shape than they are. Furthermore, the bill would allow, and in the case of law would also, allow certain multi-employer plans to form alliances and to merge where these mergers would be useful to the PBGC. It might be useful to the PBGC, but it would mean plans that have been fiscally prudent would lose because they've been merged with plans uh, that haven't put enough money into the contributions. So the root of the problem is that union leaders have sought to increase wages over pension contributions. Because if a union leader comes back from the bargaining table and says, hey, I've got you a 10% raise, he's very popular. If on the other hand, he comes back and says, well, you only get a 2% raise, but your pension is fully funded, then he's not looked at too well. So the incentive throughout has been for the unions to negotiate for larger upfront pay increases and kind of push the pension plans to the back because they're not nearly so visible. Congressional observers and all of you who work on the Hill are preoccupied with other aspects of government spending. And so the potential spending for the government to bail out these multi-employed pension plans has been pushed over to the back burner. But if, you, uh, if we don't keep an eye on this, it can be pushed into some appropriations or spending bill right in a lame duck session in December, and there go billions more dollars added to the federal deficit, and it's something we all need to be keeping an eye on. Thank you very much.